You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That Ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. Get up, 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 get up. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child Toya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. How are y'all doing this morning? Glad to have a couple of one returning guests and one new guest on this morning. We'll start with you, D'Amico's. Again, thanks for being with us, King. How are you doing this morning? Legendary yourself. Uh, doing well, man. Glad to have you on for this morning's special edition open call-in show. Uh, the ladies got a lot of callers last week, so y'all got a, a big task, a big shoes to fill in fill this morning to see if y'all can get the call-ins that the ladies got last week. But it's a special edition open call. Uh, last week's show was Black Men, What Do Black uh, Women Think? And today you are coming back on uh, for this morning's discussion Black women, what do black men think? And D'Amico's, if you will, again, as a returning guest, give people a little bit of your background as you specialize in this area. So I, I called you in particular for this show uh, because of the work you do with black men. So, again, thanks for being on with us, King. If you will, give me your background. Yes, sir. Well, you know women don't care what black men got to say. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so here goes <laughs> I specialize in. Uh, helping black men confront the fears that keep them from achieving life, life-changing goals. Uh, every day on a daily basis, basis on speaking to black gods, uh, which is basically speaking to the uh, genetic power of black men to reawaken it, to keep it empowered on a daily basis. And, uh, yeah, in, in a nutshell, that's who I am. I'm on uh, Facebook and social media, D'Amico's Chambers, or at, uh, Fear Co- uh, excuse me, at Fearless Black Men. Now I love it. You also are a co-host for um, Black Men and Cigars, which I was glad glad to come on your show. You know, in kind of return fashion. So I definitely want to highlight that amazing podcast that y'all are running over there. But we'll give you another chance later on to, to go and you know let people know how they can listen to you over there as well. Um, first time yeah. guest, um, brother on by the name of Torrance Mack. Um, thank you, King, for being with us this morning. 
I'm glad to have you on for this open call special edition uh, show for the Mental Dialogue talk show. And um, if you will, King, uh, say hello to my truth seekers as I call my listeners out there. And if you will, you know, give them a little, little bit of your background. But before you start, I have to tell you, um, I, I, I am so glad to, uh, as I peruse a little bit of your social media, I know you say you're not a big fan, you know, not big on social media, but the fact that you once had your, your profile, the print symbol, as well as uh, your own point tip all the time, Fife, you are my guy, dog. I promise you, if you love Prince and t- Tribe Called Quest, my favorite group of all time, my favorite artist of all time, you and me are kindred brothers, King. So thanks a lot, if you will, for being with us. Again, give us a little bit of your background, if you will, sir. Well, uh, thank you for having me on. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to, to be on and to uh, speak to your, your listeners out there. Um, my name is Torrance Mack. I'm a retired uh, captain from the United States Army. Um, I was an engineer uh, officer, and before that, I was a, uh, I came and enlisted. I was a, uh, a linguist. Uh, I speak uh, Serbian, Croatian, uh, Russian, Slovene, um, and uh, Bosnian. If, if uh, for those who say that Bosnian is an actual language. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, after uh, leave of the military, I worked for a couple of organizations in support of the the uh, United States and the government. And uh, right now, I'm a uh, translator, uh, speaking in Serbian, Croatian, just to help out people in the community uh, around where I live, so that they can be able to access different things like uh, healthcare and and the schools. No, nah, it makes a lot of sense. And for, for understand, you are what, about 19 years married, I think, if, if you will. And so um, for having this discussion, I wanted to make sure I had all the wisdom of someone who, who's figured out this marriage thing, which we have a lot of discussions about race, sex, and culture on this show, and in particular, uh, black marriage and black love. So I wanted to at least highlight that you've successfully pulled that off. While uh, myself and D'Amico, so I understand, we both, we both seeking to, to figure that out. And uh, we definitely have brothers on all ends of it, figuring it out, not figuring it out, and then yourself, um, again, being successful with it. If I could, I just wanted to highlight that so that the listening audience would know that we do have that experience on the show as we get into this morning's discussion of what do black men think. So, yeah, if you would, can you just highlight that real quick, yeah. and we'll get into this morning's yes, discussion. Um, married to um, wife uh, of 19 years. Um, there'll be 20 uh, come this uh January and um we've uh endured uh many storms uh from the, the time we were together till uh even now and uh we we're raising four children. Uh one is on the way to FSU right now for college and um we we're, we're we're uh living this life together and, and taking care of each other and, and the children and Having a, a fun time at it, you know, it, just being able to, to laugh at some of the, the, the tough times and, and some of the, the, the easier times. So, we're, you know, we're, we're in it together. Now, I love it. Well, absolutely glad to have you on with that perspective. Um, as everybody out there listening, obviously, Coach uh, D'Amico, this brother, again, just does a lot of work, particularly with black men and, and really 
um, coaching, even couples from what I understand, but even in particular, but mostly focused on, uh, as he as he calls them, young guys, bringing them up and, in a sense, trying to send them in the right direction. Again, um, if you're just now tuning in or if you missed last week's show, highly recommend that you go back and check it out. I uh, was very, very impressed uh, with last week's show. Got a lot of good feedback. So, again, these brothers both have big shoes to fill. Um, because you know Latrice Ross, she was um, one of our queens of intellect, so she was on last week, as well as the Asia Robinson for Desk of the Asia, so if I can highlight them. But before we go to the break, I have a unique way that I consider to always say how I start the show. This is a little different, again, as an open call. Hopefully we'll get the callers and calling in and getting in on this discussion. Uh, but what, what I will ask before we go to our first break here in a second, uh, Demikos, I'll start with you. Uh, when I called you and said, hey, here's the show, Black Women, what do black men think? You've already kind of made a joke and say, hey, they, women don't care what black men think. Uh, but but in reality, you know, in, in all honesty, uh, when you hear that that's today's discussion, can you recall maybe when we got off the phone, what was your thought? And, you know, obviously you always are, you always line up and say, hey, if I got you, if I got time, I got you. So I always appreciate you for being there for me. Uh, but with that said, knowing that this was the discussion, can you recall your first initial thought? Don't go too deep because we've got a break to go to, but just the initial right. thought without going into it. Uh well, initial thought was I hope that I hope that black men don't you know this doesn't turn into a, a apology tour for black men. Uh, you know I, I feel that a lot of times a lot of the time when other groups want to hear from us it's in us making some type of reconciliation of offending them because we're men and on top of it because we're especially black men. Um, so uh, that was those were the first thoughts that came to mind. No, I like it. Uh, respect it, and hopefully we won't do that. Um, you know, with that request, you know, you know, we got two rules here. We're we are not politically correct on this show. So if you're a first time listener, just be aware of that. You may hear some some language you don't necessarily care for. We don't necessarily highlight that, but at the same time, we're not politically correct. And rule number two is bring your passion, but be respectful. We we specialize in dialogue, not necessarily debate. So we don't have to agree on the show. We do consider what either each person has to say, as well as you as the caller, we welcome opinions, even if they're different from our own. And then I'll turn it right back over to you, um, Torrance, if you will, just very briefly, just the initial thought when I say, hey, here's the question itself, black women, what do black men think? What was your initial thought without going too deep? Because we're going to a break here in a second. We'll get into the deeper thoughts after the break. Go ahead, King. Um, I, I, I thought that maybe I can uh, contribute and uh, just give them uh, the idea of what this black man thinks and what some of my, my, my friends that I've known for a long period of time, what, what they have shared with me, you know, I, I don't represent all black men, but, you know, just to give them a uh, an idea of what uh, other black men that I know who are, who have been married for a long time um, that, that I call my friends, but what we all seem to uh, uh, agree upon. Uh, makes a lot of sense, and again, glad to have that very specific uh, perspective. And, and of, of course, not, you know, we could never represent all men, if you will. But you know, in a sense, being a retired army captain, I'll call you a, a man's man, if you will. Uh, just to even throw that out there as we go to this break, uh, we'll be right back. When we come back, we'll we'll, open, we'll get started with our guests, and then we'll open up the phone lines. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Mm-hmm. 
My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. And as Muslims, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us to respect our women and to protect our women. And the only time a Muslim really gets real violent is when someone goes to molest his woman. We will kill you for our woman. I'm, I'm making it plain, yes. We will kill you for our woman. We believe that if the white man will do whatever is necessary to see that his woman gets respect and protection, then you and I will never be recognized as men until we stand up like men and place the same penalty over the head of anyone who puts his filthy hands out to put in the direction of our women. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion, special edition open call, Black Women, What Do Black Men Think? I wanted to start this morning's show the same way I started last week's show, a pretty famous comment by Brother Malcolm X talking about women, in a sense, being the least protected. Um, in 2021, I see that meme constantly running across social media, and to a degree, uh, a lot of our, in a sense, I see a lot of women, and men, men, to a degree, posted in reference to the black woman feeling the least protected. So I wanted to just kind of start there just to to hear, in a sense, both of your perspectives on that quote. Uh, in reference particularly to our women, if you will, um, I definitely have a perspective um, that, I, that I think often goes overlooked. Uh, myself and the ladies, we talked about it last week, but I just wanted to hear y'all thoughts uh, without any of my influence. Uh, when you hear that cut, D'Amico's, we'll start with you. Uh, what comes to mind uh, um, when you hear that? Oh, yeah, this is this is usually a trope that's often used in it's funny because uh, Dr. X was using it as a uh, projection of how the black man values black women back in the 60s. He, the part that always gets left out is what he says, We're we will literally kill uh, for our black women. Um, that's the, the part of it that does that always gets cut out because it's used as a trope that nowadays as a weapon that black men aren't doing enough or doing for uh, black women, and it's usually by black women. Um, but again, that was in the 60s, and there's was so much context around it that often gets left out. So whenever I hear that quote, um, I hear the original quote, because I remember the original quote, uh, speech. Um, but whenever I, I just, it's just an example of, of how many use history as a weapon and try to weaponize it even towards its own, ironically, coming from a man who was literally speaking on uh, collectivizing his people together and, and uh, unionizing us to battle against 
uh, the, the the hard uh, injustices of the world. So um, it's, just, it's just ironic and funny to me. Black men have always protected black women. We've always worked hard to provide for uh, black women. Hell, even a whole community. You know, you hear time and time again, athletes and, 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 and uh, successful men going broke because they're trying to look out for extended family members and, and women and X, Y, and Z. Uh, rather, do you ever hear the latter from our, our black women group? Um, so, yeah, that's what comes to mind whenever I, I come across that, that uh, tidbit of that uh, quote. Uh, fair enough. Torrance, um, your thoughts on um, that same quote, or same cut, I should say. Um, Yes, I would like to uh, uh, thank uh, the, the other uh, guests for highlighting the, the historic uh, context of, of Malcolm X and his quote. Um, however, I do also think that it, it, it can be applied today. And the only reason why I'm able to state that it's able to be applied today and, um, is because uh, of the, the things that I've experienced. And uh, the things that um, my wife has experienced, uh, things that uh, other women in my family have experienced, and um, and, and women to you know that are adjacent to to you know to me and, and in my world, um, uh, black women are often uh, stereotyped. Um, their their stereotype is loud. The stereotype is as hard, as strong, um, even in the medical community, they're thinking that they, the black women don't need the, the medication uh, for pain, uh, uh, just as you know, just as much as someone else. You know, they, they think that they're able to withstand pain more, more so. But you know, they they are human. Um, you, you have all these things about strong black women, but these women have to be strong when they don't have someone there with them to protect them, uh, don't have someone there to uh, shelter them. Um, you have so many women who are bringing up these families and are the heads of households. Um, and that, unfortunately, is the the, the case. Um, and, you know, that they, uh, many other people, many other ethnic groups that the black women come in contact with, whether in school, whether at the nail shop, they know this. They know this, and that's why they go ahead and they say the things that they say to black women. Black women get into arguments, and uh, you see uh, videos of people in a nail shop attacking black women, um, cops doing different things to black women and little black girls, and and, um, no one's coming to the aid, no one's helping them, no one's killing for them. No one's doing that, and um, that is because of the, the situation in which they find themselves in. Um, it's not just a situation where it's a, you know, of their, uh, you know, of, of happenstance, but it's also a situation of some of their own doing as well. Um, what I mean by their own doing is when you leave the man uh, who was the father of your children, when you uh call the police and, and have the man picked up and he's in jail and away from the children. Um, when you're doing all those things to manipulate and, and keep a, a man away from his children, then you're alone. 
and you're going to have to fend for yourself. You know, but then again, we, we also have those women who are indeed victims of, of happenstance and circumstance, but um, there, there's some things that we do to ourselves as well. Um, D'Amico, um, any thoughts on what Torrance had to say? And we'll open up the phone line yeah, as well. I, I, have, I have a couple comments, but I figured you did as well, so I'll let you go ahead and respond. Yeah, I hear that all the time. You know, it, uh, you know, it always points to the, the the definitive response to these this position is always how uh, these one-off experiences, these personalized experiences. Uh, what one doesn't usually do is take account for the general experience of the black man and the general experience of the black woman. And then when you look at, when you take it, when you take account of the general experiences, which is beyond living in Atlanta, which is beyond living in New York, because most black people don't live in these heavily metropolitan cities anyway, uh, you're going to see that black men are actually the, if you were to look at it economically, the most disrespected group in America. We're at the bottom of every uh, economic total pole in this country. When it comes to unemployment, uh, comparably, even when it comes to wage, uh, when it comes to uh, home ownership, uh, when it comes to, and we already know the things with the criminalization. So it's easy. We we always it, the hard part is make, what does disrespect tangibly look like? And when you start to make those find those measurements, that anecdotal data, you find that no black women are actually, especially on social media, put on due to corporate commercialization put on the pedestal because what they say and believe and things that offend them are always are so let me challenge you real quick let me challenge you real quick um and 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 i want to not disrespect i'm talking about the idea of protecting women and we can get into some of what you're talking about now but i don't want to change the context of the concept of protecting women so protecting women versus disrespecting not quite the same thing um, so I definitely want to, you know, leave it in that context and get the thoughts in reference to the protection of our women. I actually agree with the idea of the generalization part, but I just think right now you're going into the disrespect right. part versus the, con- the concept of protecting women, their livelihood, you know, the things that um, I think Torrance was, was speaking to. So if I can just kind of direct you back there, and, and, and I'll let you finish your right. thought. Okay, yeah, so the, going back to the protection part, Black single men, black men, the black the black male group are doing or have are doing the same thing that every other different group of men are doing to the, their women. The only differences is are the economics. Being that we're at the bottom of the economic total pole, the the grievances uh, and and wrongs that we do towards our women are uh, just are more by higher percentage because we're the poorest. Poorest people perform the worst at everything. But black men, you know, when we black married men protect our black women just like white married men do. Yeah, there are black men out there who abuse women. There are black women out there who create all these crimes um, specifically towards black women. But if you go to any other community, Indian men, Middle Eastern men, uh, white men, they're committing the same type of crimes specifically towards their women. Very uh, rarely does do men who uh, uh, interracially go out their way to commit crimes towards uh, various groups of women. So, you know, what Doc, what uh, Malcolm X was trying to get across again in that speech and in that point about the the protection is that we are willing, a black man who's dead who's married, this is why I push marriage on black men, especially black men who are married, 
they do kill for their women. You know, they do kill for their family. They, they're all, and not just going out violently killing, but killing themselves, mentally suppressing, uh, uh, killing themselves, uh, you know, uh, taking on the burdens of extra jobs, working themselves towards the exhaustion to provide and take care of their women. So, and I would love that, you know, black women, especially who are married, who have these great encounters with black men, would speak up on that more and show the honest side. Because if we were this savage, then no black women would want to be around us at all. But that's just not the reality. Again, this is where this is where the social belief is actually higher than that than what's happening in the real world offline. Um, so no, that's fair that's enough. Let me jump in right there. No, let me jump in there. I think the last comment you said I would say is on point from this standpoint. Um, I always tell people realize um, what you're seeing on social media is not necessarily going to be the real world. So I understand what you mean in that sense. Um, the, the, what the, myself and the ladies talked about last week, and I think this is a good highlight, and then we'll go to some callers. Um, one thing that we talked about last week was just the idea that, unfortunately, one unfortunate reality, uh, it, this is definitely a reality for our black women from this standpoint, that black women have historically been extra over-the-top protective of us as black men to the extent, and this is what we talked about last week, to the extent that even in the event that sometimes that when we are even their own abusers, we have this unfortunate relationship with the police as a culture in this country that, in a sense, when they should call the police, they won't always do so. Because what you're correct about, because if I could say this, is for the most part, even in this country, if it's the melting pot, if you will, for the most part, the only time you're going to even call in a sense, a man to be protective in one of these situations is usually going to be a father or uncle or a brother, somebody that is a family. You don't tend to have random men saving people in bad situations. Most cultures just simply call the police. Unfortunately, because of our relationship with the police, there are times where black women won't even call the police, uh, unfortunately, right? even towards their own abusers. And so what the ladies talked about last week, in those situations, we should we should quickly call the police and respect and recognize that, as you mentioned, fathers and brothers are playing their role and are protective. And even the women pointed out in situations where the women have to even be careful not to bring their brothers and fathers into situations where they now put them in danger or they're at risk going to jail. And, you know, they're not even prepared to leave the man. So I just wanted to throw that thought out to say, yes, in general, your, your, you know, your father, your brother will protect you. Expecting a random man to come to your protection is probably not something that people should expect. It's not realistic. Yeah, and it plays out in this trope, as you call it, the trope of thinking, oh, they're at least protected. Uh, and and, and uh, the idea is that random men would come to protect. No culture expects that. They just simply call the police and we actually recommended I want to hear both of y'all thoughts on this. We recommended that a sister who is in a situation where she's on her own doesn't have that protective brother or father that she absolutely pick up the poli- pick up and call the police versus um, not doing it, which a lot of sisters have done, which end up playing a role in them later getting hurt because they never called the police. In a si- I'm not saying that that happens in every situation, but it does play out. So any thoughts on that, Tar? Taurus, if you will, just to uh, deal with yeah, the women yeah, came yeah. up with just last week on this very same topic. 
absolutely. Um, uh, I just want to preface that, you know, um, uh, when I say that, I, uh, you know, this is not just um, what, you know, what I've seen or experienced. I've uh, experienced uh, quite a bit. Um, I've been around uh, this whole great nation of ours. I've been to uh, various states and, and, and uh, lived in various states and uh, not always in, in the cities. Uh, you know, um, I, uh, I, I often hear with my, my family members that all I need is a Walmart and, uh, and, and, and uh, Wi-Fi and I'm, I'm straight. I can live anywhere. So, um, but when it comes to black women and uh, being protected, uh, there are laws in place. There are laws in place uh, that had to be put in place. And we've become complacent now. We're sort of removed from when these laws had to be placed, uh, be put in place. But uh, that's what they are there for, to protect the least of these, you know, uh, there are people out there who are willing to and uh, unfortunately uh, uh, don't don't uh, think twice about hurting those who they find in a more vulnerable state, um, whether it's people who are uh, disabled or if it's a black woman who they know does not have that family uh, backing or doesn't have a, a man with her. Or even if they're living with that woman and they, you know, they, they understand the, the, the situation, that's what the laws, and that's why we have, uh, the, you know, what, what we're living under. And um, a lot of women today are going and uh, getting the, uh, getting higher uh, degrees of education, um, not just because. You know, they're on the rise and things are working for them and, and they're actually protected. It's also because they have to. They have to do this stuff because many times they find themselves alone. Many times they find themselves unprotected. Many times they find themselves in, in, in these uh, rough situations. Um, it is quite unfortunate that if they, you know, you have someone in your home who's abusing you and you can't call the police for fear of the police showing up and causing more damage. Um, that That is absolutely unfortunate. And we should be able to protect ourselves just like anyone else. But that is not the world that we live in. The world that we live in is if you call the police, as many other uh, uh, people who live in the majority or who are not African American, they know that if they call the police or they threaten the police to blacks, or black men in particular, you know, uh, we will, you know, calm down, we'll, we'll, we'll back off, we'll behave uh, because we're, you know, they're basically threatening death. They're threatening death. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a good, uh, good uh, possibility that when the police arrive, it's not going to go well. So black women are, you know, even though they're being hurted, so they, they know that, they're cognizant of that. So, yes, mm-hmm. they are sacrificing themselves and putting themselves in a bad predicament because they don't want you to be killed. They want you to, you know, lay off of them and get your foot right. off your neck. They don't, right. want to, they don't want you to get murdered, you know. So, you know, with all those things, have to, you know, we have to take 
take a, a look at all of those aspects of uh, a black woman, what she goes through, you know, and, um, and, and be real about what, you know, what the situation is here in, in America, you know, where we live. No, absolutely. We're actually up against the break. So we're going to go to this break for the callers. We're going to start getting to you coming out of this break. If you will, this is uh, because you may have seen this before, um, but this is a cut of me just in a sense, um, because, um, you know, to a degree when we start looking at the black man, black woman, it's this concept of a gender war that's brewing. And at the end of the day, we want to end that, stop the gender war. And so this is a dialogue that I put together talking about that gender war. And so I want to get your thoughts, and then we're going to go to the callers heavy after this. For those online that are listening, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the host of the Mental Dialogue Talk Show every Saturday morning, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, all I ask is that you think. Mob Deep famously said, there's a war going on outside no one is safe from. Clearly, they were talking about some street issues within hip-hop. But there's an ensuing gender war that I think no one is also safe from. We see black men and black women throughout the community, whether it's on social media, you see it in written articles on TV, having this battle of whether black men are supporting women or whether black women are supporting men. So we are now having an ensuing, growing gender war that is starting to have effects on the strength of the black community and specifically the black family. We understand that systematically the black family has been under attack for a long time with the start of welfare, as a lot of people refer to that as the start, in a sense, having the black man out of the home. Mass incarceration has also been a systematic attack. And so we are now living out the results of black men, generally speaking, not all black men, that are not, in a sense, there for our women. And so in order to end this gender war, we must look at those results and figure out what steps can we take in order to end the gender war. When you think of real wars that happen in real life, you go back and study them, there were steps that were taken to end those wars. Well, in order to end this ensuing gender war within the black community, here are the steps we must take. And it's really the first step that matters the most. I call it the domino. Once this happens, all the other dominoes will fall in place. I did a Mental Dialogue pop-up show recently where I had a brother and we were talking about this very issue and he was making sure that I understood there are steps that African-American men should be taking to make sure we're not ensuing this battle and there are steps that black women should be taking. And my challenge to him was, I said, well, the first step is for us as African-American men to own our role in creating this gender war. Let me make it very clear. When I say creating it, I'm not talking about starting it. I'm not talking about the very real agenda that is focused on creating issues that keep us divided, whether it's having our sisters believing that they don't need us and things of that nature. These are the things that we get to battling over. So that agenda is very real. But what happens is, is when we're battling, we never see any reconciliation because both sides are playing the blame game. So because black men are blaming women and women are blaming men, we never see any progress forward. We just see more people getting ensued and caught up in it and less uh, opportunities for us to come together. The reality is this. 
We have 25% of our sisters who are currently married. 33% of our African-American men that are married. These stats come from black demographics. So it's not a stat just put it out there to make us look bad. This is a reality that I feel, again, started with the systematic issue, but now it's being reinforced by an agenda to ensure that we are divided. So if black men would understand that us not being there, that's a real-life result. Intentional or unintentional, we started to accept that this is normal in our community for, again, not all men, but for men not being there for their families, whether it be thinking they can sow their wild oats and then eventually do it and have kids by different women and things of that nature. Because that has become normalized, that is why our sisters have been able to get caught up in this agenda that says you don't need him because we haven't been there. And so the first step is us owning that we haven't been there. Regardless of why, if we own that first step and start teaching the next generation that the man with the most notches is not the winner. It's the man who finds a wife, gets married, stays married, raises children, that's real wealth. If we start training our young men to take that focus versus what we're currently getting told if we get men to take that focus, then no agenda can swoop in and tell women that they don't need us because we've been there. We've already we've already ensued and gained the trust that we have. That trust is missing. And so the first step, again, that must happen, it must be our ownership of the, the role that we fail to play. You don't have to take that as blame. It's just a reality now. So in order to fix it, let's start teaching the next generation. It won't be easy. But no other step will happen until that first domino falls. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's special edition, Open Call, Black Women, What Do Black Men Think? As you just heard, relatively a pretty long monologue of me talking about that first step having to take place. Uh, before we, in a sense, to end this gender war. Definitely don't want to make that the full call, but I thought we had to start there. Um, Brother Torrance, if you will, can you give me your thoughts on that? Because I know it's your first time hearing that, and then we're going to go to a caller um, before we get to you, D'Amico's. Um, your thoughts, uh, relatively briefly, so we can get to the caller, if you will, um, brother. Uh, you mean on the, on the gender war? Well, on the cut, the cut that you just heard. The cut you just heard. Yes, just your thoughts. Anything that you hear? Yeah, just a thought on what you just heard. Um, no, I, I I I think that the the gender war is you know sort of uh, sponsored by you know those who who fear us uh, you know getting together and and uh, and, and working things out. Um, uh, this is not you know just some you know ominous you know man up there in the in the clouds or, or in some big office smoking a cigar trying to you know, uh, keep us oppressed, but, you know, there, there's many, you know, people who, who who look like me and you who uh, benefit from there being a gender war and us being at odds with each other and us not, you know, seeing eye to eye and us not coming together, you know. Um, so I think it's, you know, it's pushed by, by those types of things, you know. Um, but, yeah, um, Okay, no problem, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that thought. Let me get to one of the callers here. 
Again, if you're out there online, you have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Let's go to area code 609, last three, 891. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, Montoya. This is Marilyn Davis. Um, I think that, mon- that monologue you just did was epic. We do have to think in terms of taking first steps, and and my first step would be this. We have to look at the bigger picture. For too long, we have been looking at little compartmentalizing things. We have to look at us as being one family, one nation, us, because everyone else is dividing us. Everyone else's influences are coming into us, and we are not thinking for ourselves. We are just reacting on everybody else's crap. We have to look at we have one common enemy, and that enemy is not us. I remember times I had to put on my husband's computer, I'm your wife, I'm not your enemy, you know. We have to look at the bigger picture. Sometimes you have to quiet your mouth. Sometimes you have to not argument and not debate, but you have to sit down and discuss the big picture. We have to save our children. We have to show them it's okay to love. It's okay to be vulnerable. We have to stop passing people on the streets, our sisters and our brothers and our children, our, our sons and our daughters, and not even speaking, just walking by you know, like like two cars on a highway going in different directions. You open your mouth and you speak. Hello, King, what's up? And you always get back, hi, Queen, and, and, you know, hi, brother, hi, sister, hi, something. Speak every single time. Too many of us are islands alone for, for, for certain reasons in our personal lives. You know, some people never get spoken to from sun up to sun down. That's, 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 the, that's the quality of life that they don't have. But we have to start... Our own narrative, we have to change the narrative. We have to change our own narrative. We have to look at our our families. And I did something, and it wasn't even my idea. God just dropped this in my spirit. I'm a pastor, and I was officiating a funeral. And the Lord had me say, is there anyone that is a member of this family that nobody knows about? And I had a woman and her daughter come up to the widow and her children where this man had had a child out of wedlock that nobody knew about. Nobody knew about him or this woman, but they heard of his passing and they showed up and nobody would have known it. They never would have said anything. So what I'm, and, the, and the widow and the children of the deceased embraced these other people. They were like, okay, if, if she's my daughter's if she's my dad's daughter, then she's my sister. She's not my half anything. She's my sister. And then the Lord gave me a term, sister, mother. There are too many families that should be blended or should be aware of each other that everybody's keeping a secret. No. No. We can't, we can't mishandle people like that. If they come together and they decide to disagree to disagree, that's a different thing. But we have to make space and make way for that. We have to we have to strengthen our wall. We have to have watchers on the wall for our nation. I'm so sick of people just disregarding the fact that we are in big trouble. And we're in trouble inside the house and outside the house. We have to come together right, inside the house. Uh, thank you very much, Marilyn, for your three cents. You got another caller that wants to get in. Very, very much appreciate what you had to say. Let me get to this other caller before we go to break. Thanks a lot, Queen. All right, let's get to another caller. Area code 
Area code 323, last three, 281. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents of this morning's discussion. Hello, 281, you're live on the air. Grand Rising, this is Tess Colony Wardlaw calling from Anderson, South Carolina. How are you all doing this morning? Hey, how you doing, Queen? We got about a minute before break, so we'll let you get your initial thought in, and we may have to keep you in, you know, keep you on through the break. But go ahead, Queen. Thank you for calling in. No problem. Um, well, a minute is actually a long time. So, I think when I think about the topic of the conversation, I heard the um, and I heard the spiel that you gave during the commercial break when you took the accountability to say we need to first say we we haven't been there, right? Women have to take responsibility as well, and and I'm always for that. That's always the key thing, always accountability. I appreciated that statement being said, which is, hey, we haven't been there. You haven't been there. That accountability. So a woman has gotten, you know, trained now to believe that you can make it all the time without a man because he hasn't been there in the first place, right? That thinking has been put in there. And so – now to ask me as a black woman, what do I think a man wants? Well, you know what? The the answer to that, honestly and transparently, is I'm not sure. So I would rather him tell me. I would rather him walk it out. I would rather him be who he says he's going to be. And if he can't be that, be open to a new resolution, whether that be therapy, whether that be any type of healing process that has to go back, that has to dig into what you feel, has to go into childhood, that has to, you know, you know, talk about your experiences, your trauma. That is the one thing that I think that we don't spend enough time really talking about that because no person can make another person happy. You have to make yourself happy. You know, you be happy, I be happy. We can get mm-hmm. together and be happy together. Accountability thing. So I appreciated that, hey, you haven't been there, but at the same time as a woman, I think I would rather be open to hearing. I want to know. I know what I think a man wants, but I'd rather him mm-hmm. tell me what he wants. Well, we'll do just that. that. No, I love no, I love that three cents. And, all again, we may be able to keep you on. we got some other callers out there as well. Uh, we are a family show, so we'll make it work. I definitely appreciate your three cents this morning. We're going to go to break. And, D'Amico, I'm going to let you kind of tackle um, that question we're getting from the caller. Like, hey, what do, what do we think? What does that look like for us? And so hopefully you can keep that in mind when we come back from break. And, you know, we'll keep uh, Tuscaloney on as well. Thank you, Queen, for calling in. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most 
It's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, for this special edition open call, Black Women, What Do Black Men Think? A special guest, Tobiko Chambers, as well as Torrance Mack. Uh, Coach Tobikos, if you will, King, I wanted you to uh, maybe, you know, maybe make a quick address to that pump, uh, to that cut that I played at the bottom of, um, at the bottom half of the hour, as well as the Queen to saying, "Hey, what do black men want? What do black men think?" And at the end of the day, if I could just kind of simplify that cut again, it was something that, that I put out about five years ago, and it was just the, the thought of just owning, in a sense, the unfortunate reality when you start looking at, as I pointed out, the marriage numbers of uh, only 25% of our, our sisters are married, about 33% of our black men are married, and you being a huge advocate of marriage, and you know, and you know me that I've been advocating that you know, for a long time as well, but you and I both are single and desire a sister. So I think uh, you'll be a perfect uh, person to answer Tuscalani's question, if you will. But again, just a thought on the cut and then your thoughts to what she asked. Go ahead, Ken. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so the cut, uh, I would say overall, black men want a, uh, black men want cooperation in time. That's what, oh, uh, overall census I get from black men that what we want. We just want cooperations, meaning meaning that uh, look look we're we're making things happen. You know we can't give you this fantasy idea of what you think a man is X Y Z, but we can give and we're willing to give. I think that's the most important component that often gets overlooked when it comes to black men, is because like all men we work to uh, we don't we just work to earn things just to have them to ourselves. It's always to share. Um, and then um, the second part uh, of the time, we need time. It needs time for these things to, to, to mature, to maturate. Um, you know, like I, I remember just three years ago making, you know, 2019 a year. Now I make six figures. I, I needed, you know, I just needed time in, for the process, for the work ethic and everything to maturate. And so, it I, black men just need those two things, and those ironically, those are the two things that I also give in the clients of black men I work with because it's like, look, I think I help you know with your mental woes, et cetera, et cetera. But I can't expect the overnight turnaround in your behavior. I have to give you time, and usually, and it's funny, a black man came to me two years uh, um, two from he came to me two years ago about his issues, um, and then and didn't get over his X X Y Z, and today. You know, he's doing extremely well. He just needs the time. So um, once black men have the direction, um, uh, which is you all's cooperation, uh, you know, making things work between you two, just time. So um, that that would be my overall response to those two. All right. Um, Torrance, your thoughts? Again, you, in a sense, haven't accomplished and pulled off this marriage thing. A lot of us are seeking that. What are your thoughts in, in the sense of what do 
black men want to to take a stab at um, Toscalini's question. Toscalani, I'm sorry. I think, uh, as a married man, and speaking of other married men who've been married for as long as I have, I think uh, what we want is uh, peace and, and quiet. No, <laughs> um, we, we we really would like you know right. that love, that that absolute love, um, unconditional love. Uh, I, I take you as you are, and um, I, I want you to do that with me. I'm I'm going to come up short sometimes. You know, but you know, don't 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 uh, lose faith in me. Uh, don't count me out. You know, stay in the corner. You know, don't 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 uh, switch out on me. You know, because I may not you know have it all right now, or or I lost it. You know, um, just just stay with me, and I'm I'm gonna stay with you as well, and uh, take you know uh, take care of each other, uh, uh, help to heal one another. Um, do the do the things that uh only uh, a wife uh can do, you know. Um I credit my wife with uh my my uh the beginning of my military career. Um I needed a uh a top secret uh class uh, you know, classified uh, uh clearance in order to do the work that I, I was doing. Um my credit wasn't right coming out of college. Um I was in bed. Um, however, she neglected her stuff. She got my stuff together while I was in there, you know, doing what I had to do. She got all my stuff together so that when it came time to, you know, actually, you know, receive that, that clearance, I, I was able to do it. And um, I, I got my clearance. Yeah, her, her credit, her student loans were, and, um, you know, that's that's something that I don't think, Many other women would do, um, you know. That's 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 a one hundred percent love. That's the kind of love that I'm talking about. Now I respect it. I think what I'm I think what I'm hearing through that, and I'll get um, Tuscalani back on here on very very briefly for a last thought. But what I think I'm hearing through that was, in a sense, um, she was able to in a sense see the vision to to where you getting this position, where it could lead to for for a family. So her sacrifice ended up having y'all in a better place versus had she not done that, it might have been a very different path. So I think that's kind of what I'm hearing through that. And and it was just, again, um, being that support, knowing that you getting this position would mean much more for the family, it sounds like. So um, definitely applaud your queen for that. Um, Toscalani, I hope I'm saying your first name correct, uh, queen. Um, but if you will, I want to give you a last thought on what um, both of these um, brothers had to say. Well, matter of fact, before I, before I give you a thought, I wanted to highlight the other thing that you pointed out that, I, that I'm that i with you 100% on is the idea of therapy. Um, a lot of us have grown up in some form of dysfunctional families and I have not seen it the natural way, which is, uh, in a sense, families have always, to a degree, have always claimed to be by, in a sense, being naturally passed down. But since a lot of our community hasn't seen that, then I absolutely, as you just suggested, uh, Queen, to advocate for therapy to, in a sense, get focused or get someone like a coach to be coached to, in a sense, um, lead someone in, the, in that direction. Um, I want to highlight um, Coach to be because I saw that same testimony from that young young man you had dealt with a couple of years ago. So you definitely made a big difference in his life. So I wanted to highlight that as well. But, yes, if you will, Toscalani, your last uh, one final thought on, on what you brought to the table this morning. But thank you, Queen, for your call in. Okay, yes. Um, it is. It's Toscalani. 
So um, that's how you pronounce it. I know it's a yes, like colony. a colony. Yeah, got it. I'm sorry, Queen. Yeah, thank you. Sorry that's about okay. that. That's okay. It's all good. I appreciate it. I know, you know, you only heard it once. I didn't say it three times. So I, you know, I understood. Um, all right, we good. I appreciate all the information that I'm getting from this and that there was an intent behind wanting to tap in to hear uh, the thoughts and the perspectives and the opinions because in relationships, what I have learned, what I have seen is um, you really can't go based on anybody else's relationship outside of being abused, outside of being raped, you know, outside of being, you know, harmed, uh, that you really can't line it up. I, I think there's an alignment in my heart. There has to be an alignment. That person has to have a, a higher power. They have to answer to someone other than themselves. They have to. They have to understand that they don't run the show, that they don't call the shots, that they start to believe or even think that for a moment that's where they are. So, but with that being said, from a woman's standpoint, trying to understand what a man wants, you know, if you weren't reared by a black man, if you weren't reared by a man, we're talking about black women and black men, if you were not reared by a black man, there was no black man in the household, there was no head of the household, not every day making the decisions, you know, being involved with the school, things like that. How, what blueprint, what map are you supposed to be using to even indicate you know, those type of, you know, decisions. How do you even understand what a man wants and what he thinks he wants? You you know, I think that needs to be stopped right there. <laughs> I can tell you what I want. You can tell me what you want. And then I can understand that based on how you walk that out. You know what I'm saying? You walk that out, how you behave. Your behavior will tell me what you want. And when I am not in tune with that, and when I am not receiving and opening and I stand in that, that's when you see that women, especially black women, we just don't know how because it's not anything that's for, it's natural. It hasn't been that natural for the, the majority, not all black women. I'm not speaking for all black women. When you're talking about single black women who are not, who are used to being in charge, who are independent, you know what I'm saying, who who have not had the example of a man being the head of the household or even being a father or be co-parenting and being involved, the woman has been the one in charge all the time, there's no blueprint there. So even when the answers are given there and the advice is given there and the instruction is given there, it's kind of like unnatural to, to follow suit. And so you have to be in agreement and understanding that that's going to be a process. People want the process and not just a temporary situation to be in there. That's going to be, that's going to be the, the differentiating nature to understand, okay, this person is really in it to win it and not just for a temporary. We're talking about longstanding, longevity relationships, understanding what a man wants. You really have to pay attention to his behavior. I think that's just my perspective. No, absolutely. Thank you for your three cents this morning. Um, definitely appreciate that. Um, we got about a minute and a half before break. Um, Nikos, anything that um, Tosk Colony uh, pointed out that you wanted to jump in on before we go to the top of the hour break? Yeah, 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 uh, definitely. Um, so and that's the thing, you know, most women, black women, didn't grow up in a household with a black man. And, and, and as did uh, that, con- I just want a lot of black women, most black women, to keep in the context that you have more similar experiences at, uh, with black men than you may think. Most of us didn't, uh, black men didn't grow up in a household with black men. So we're, we're both trying to figure this out as we live on. We're both trial by error. You know, we're the trial by error generation. And we have to keep in mind 
that we don't want to generate another generation who has to do the trial by error. So that means we have to get to figuring things out, and as we're figuring things out, actually execute on. So that means that we're going to have to partner up and get with people that it's not they're not going to fit this magical uh, uh, shape that a perfect partner that, that's supposed to be in our life. No one is going to walk into your life exactly the way that you want. If they if they do, they're not trying to be there temporarily. And uh, it's it's not real. But a person walks into your life in the best shape that, you know, they're possible in, and it's up to you both to mold each other towards perfect individuals. Men especially respect that. Men especially want that. Um, you, you see that in the difference. And I want to say this leader's last caveat. Pay, I want black women to pay attention to the men, to the type of women that men just have sexual relationships, fun with, versus the men, the type of women that men actually marry. They look vastly different. The, the women on Instagram and social media are not the women that they're that they're thumbing. They're not the women they're committing to. They're the women we're having fun with, you know. So just really, if you're gonna watch watch actions of a man, but keep in context, he's trial and error in this too, just like I am. And as long as you all are willing to work together, work together, not against them. All right. Now I love those thoughts. We're at the top of the hour. I'm gonna play this. Um poem by Amir um, Solomon. Uh, if you will, just both of you um, as guests, tune in to what you're hearing and whatever stands out to you. Again, this is just a dialogue. Uh, um, you know, like I said, amazing spoken word piece. So we're going to just kind of dialogue about it and I have some couple of thoughts about some of the things that we've said. For the other callers out there, you do have to press 1 if you're trying to get in on this morning's discussion. If you're online, the number to get in is 646 646- Seven eight seven one six nine one. You have to press one to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. I wish I could tell him that I love him. I wish I could tell them that I love them, that we love them, but how could they believe us when they are caught between the enemy's prison systems and their own family's criticism? No one to counsel nor console. Where does a young tortured soul find its home? When they are molested for being too young and punished for getting grown, our love for them is so conditional. Our love for them is too conditional. But the condition is not conducive to our condemnation, picking out the faults like vultures, consuming the scattered leftovers once the beast has had his fill. Our sons emasculated and consequently overcompensating, and unbeknownst to them, they are just waiting for you to say, I love you. Not I love you, but. Not I love you if. When love is missed, love turns to myth. So why break your heart waiting for a myth? Why break your heart waiting for something that doesn't exist? Our love for them is so conditional. Our love for them is too conditional. I wish I could just tell them that we love them. Time flies, time floats aimlessly and then time dies A broken winged bird, a slave to gravity A broken winged bird, a slave to reality I'm alive but I deserve to die for the souls I've stolen Bodies broken, the hearts of my close kin crushed by my carelessness But my family tree has been uprooted And the broken branches of broken marriages leave me out on a limb That can barely support its own weight Like I can barely support my own kids like I can barely keep my own crib Ain't never had a piece of the pie Just pieces of crust that don't stick to the ribs And I'm hungry again 
Ain't nobody better since we were kids. So by the time he got hair on his chin, he had his ear to the street. By the time he had hair on his cheeks, he was carrying heat. By the time he got some bass in his voice box, he had rocks in his socks. Never played Pop Warner, but rode recklessly and Pop winded in the potholes and pitfalls of Westside Avenues. I'm dead. I'm alive. But he deserves to be alive. I should be the one to die for the promises I've broken. He was just searching the streets for a martyr token that would take him anywhere. Northbound platform towards elsewhere. The subterranean transit terminal who figured could be like Cinderella's pumpkin. Like Aladdin's carpet. Like Jay-Z's Cooper Shack's truck. Cash, bucks, cake, cream, money, bread, flow, green. Do you blame the dreamer or the dream? The trap or the theme, the parent or the team. Even when I used to tell him that we came from kings, he's gonna ask me if you ever seen a king with no bling. He said, if we're royalty, then we have got to shine. And if I gotta shine, then I've got to grind. And if I've gotta grind, never mind all that extra you're talking. Unless these shoes you walked in, or unless your chest my heart's in. Unless you can guarantee that you'll hold my hand when it's dark and cold and hard and lonely and hungry, then you can't hear me, see me, be me, feel me, touch me. Hug me, hold me, scold me, teach me, love me, be me. We see you, young brothers, caught on the hustle. Although you don't see it, just know that we love you. You're young, strong, and brave, and you were born for the struggle. Forgive us for our negligence. Know that we love you. We see you, young brothers, and you're caught in a hustle. I know you don't see it, but know that we love you. You're young, strong, and brave, and you were born for the struggle. Forgive us for our negligence. Know that we love you. We see you while... Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Well, all I ask is that you think. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This special edition, open call, Black Women, What Do Black Men Think? Um, Special guest, Dito Tamer, as well as Torrance Mack. Um, again, uh, a very dope spoken word piece by Amir Salamain uh, called Brother. A lot in that piece, a lot of brothers experiencing exactly what we heard in that piece. And just wanted to hear both of your thoughts on it. If you're trying to get in on the call, you have to press one to let us know we want to speak. Um, Torrance, I'll start with you. Any thoughts after hearing that point? Uh, yes. Um, I I would have to say that uh, it was a beautiful poem, a uh, beautiful spoken word. Um, it makes me think of uh, many uh, times throughout my life uh, growing up when uh, I had uh, family members going through uh, different uh, places of detention and um, how uh, I needed them to, you know, to be there. Um, one in particular was uh, a, a very, very close to me. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, when you're, you're growing up in the inner city, uh, not, you know, thinking that, you know, you needed to uh, get into some type of uh, gang or have uh, someone uh, there to protect you, but uh, it's always so good to have someone in your corner. And, unfortunately, uh, one of the family members that, that was very close to me, he was gone. Uh, he, he got picked up. Uh, once I got to high school, and uh, it, I mean, he made it back home by the by the time I, I graduated. But it, there was some tough tough times, tough years there uh, growing up without me because uh, you know I looked up to him. Um, 
being in the military wouldn't have been an option without him. I mean, he had plans to go to the, the to the Marine Corps, but um, he uh, instead got you know got involved with what he got involved with, and uh, I think that if he would have known how how important he was to uh, a lot of people, uh, he probably would not have gone down that road. I respect that, um, Coach D'Amico's, um Your thoughts in reference to um, you know that poem and what do black men think? Uh, yeah. Um, I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't really have too many too many thoughts on that that poem in particular. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have any thoughts on that one. Okay, uh, and I'll tell you what stands out to me. Um, and and it's really this the concept is very simple and he kept reiterating it is the idea of um the that we love you uh, as simple as that sounds um to a degree a big part of the dysfunction that we're we're talking about overcoming and needing therapy from is uh unfortunately for for the 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 aspect of a lot of us coming and missing that and in a lot of cases, missing it directly from a, a, a man, if you will. And so um, Toss Colony asked a, a great question when she said, or mentioned, I don't know if she asked the question, but when she mentioned the idea of, you know, where did we get our blueprint from if we did, if we wasn't raised with that, right? And so that, whether we want to accept it or not, that is an unfortunate reality for a lot of um, our black boys and girls, as, as, as I already mentioned. The, the idea of not having the next generation, as you said, Coach Nikos, and, and not having them live that out, we have to point them in the directions of how not to, and that is finding men like yourself. And, and, and what happens is a lot of good men step up and mentor as we speak. We know that. We know that the men, uh, we, we rarely, you, what you rarely find is is good brothers and brothers who do act completely opposites hanging out together. So a lot of the good men are, are already extending themselves past their own family in a lot of cases. Uh, but at the end of the day, that's the requirement. The requirement is to get the next generation of boys in the hands of those men because here's a reality that I think you can speak to, D'Amico's, if you will, is how often what we learn in the streets is the opposite of what we need to be to, in a sense, have a family and carry on a next generation. So what happens is when you don't have the example at home, what I do know for a fact is that as boys, we will chase man the, the idea of manhood, even if we've been giving a bad example of it, we will chase it if we don't have the example at home. And I think you can speak to that uh, brilliantly just based on a few things, you know, that I know or, or I've heard about for you um, in your past. Um, but if you will, um, you know, just kind of jump in and, you know, give me your thoughts with that. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, uh, that, and this is why it's, it's pivotal at, you know, w- women sometimes hear me in, on a surface level, they think, ah, oh, he's hard on women. But it, it's, it's the contrary. I'm actually very much a uh, accountability when it comes to black men. I, I, it's every day, literally every day. Um, but and that's why they, the, when the women love to learn, l- learn to uh, love me because like, oh man, yeah, he does hold the books accountable. Anyway, uh, it's pivotal. If you're a black man who didn't grow up in a household with a black man as a father or a father figure. 
you must, before you commit to your first relationship, before you, especially before you marry any type of woman, especially a black woman, you must find a male mentor or uh, seek uh, um, stewardship under a man who you look up to, respect, revere, etc. And you must mentorship under him uh, because there are certain things, aspects of just being a man, especially responsibility and accountability factor that men install in boys that mothers just can't. They don't know how. They don't even know the reasons to install it in boys. Because when you grow up under a mother and there's no father there, a lot of your actions are justified. Oh, he's just, you know, he's just hot-tempered. You know, he just gets like that sometimes. His father's not around. You know, it's his medication, his medicine, his teacher, blah, 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 stress. But a man always will install in boys, no matter what you're going through, if you decide to be responsible for X, Y, and Z, you must see this through. And this is why it's several before the commitment, because when you're with a woman, when she's in your graces, when she's in your hands, when she's with you, no matter where you all are going throughout life and your journey, it's up to you to help her get to a secure place before ever dropping her off if you ever if you feel like the relationship isn't gonna work. But when you grow up under a woman and that you and don't ever seek out male mentorship, you're likely gonna drop off from that relationship whenever you feel that jeopardizes the safety and stability of that woman. That's the irresponsible uh, uh, behaviors of a that a man has and destructive behaviors that a man has when he doesn't grow up under the stewardship of a man. And and again, no matter their, their your age, under adulthood, you can always find black men who you can learn from, study under, and just absorb their principles to install into yourself. That's how you find your model, and that's how you model yourself. Yes, Go on, your uh, thoughts. Yes, uh, I'd like to uh, speak to that. Uh, in my case, that, that model was called Dad. Uh, I, I had many influences uh, in my family. I had uh, uncles. Um, I had my cousins. A lot of many, you know, many male figures that I could have looked up to and, and talked to, and they gave me uh, their advice whether I wanted it or not. Uh, uh, people out there in the neighborhood that uh, were, were willing to give me that, their advice, but the, the best advice was uh, from my father. Um, he was the one that actually um, reared me, told me the right thing, gave me an understanding of how no matter what we think is going on, this is how you should conduct yourself and understand what, you know, what, what, what really is important. He told me the importance of a man. He told me that a man, how we talk talk to ladies and we tell them that they need to be chaste and we need they need to you know save themselves from marriage. He told um, uh, told me as a man that I need to do that as well. I need to uh, do so do that more so than a woman needs to, because I have something very important. I have my name and I have my DNA, my my seed. Okay. Um, and not every woman can get that. You know, every woman, you know, you have different women out there. You have to be very, very selective of who it is that you're going to absolutely be with in that in that situation. I mean, you. this is very, very important. It's a legacy. You know, and I think if we, we approach it like that and we looked at it like that, 
I think that would uh, slow down a, a lot of the, the, the stuff that we, you know, we, we see out there. Um, um, it, you know, that, that was my approach to my wife. Um, even when it comes to the relationship, looking at her, looking at her family, looking at uh, how she grew up. She grew up with a male in the house. You know, uh, she had a brother. I, I, have, I had my situation at, at my home, my mother and my father and, and my siblings. And, um, you know, we, we, we talked about things and we worked it out. And uh, we had to make sure that this was absolutely what we were going to do one time and one time only with, uh, with each other, you know. And, uh, I respect that. We, yep. you know, I respect that. We have to break. Um, stay real quick so we can go to break. I was just going to say that's the point, though. The, the point is everyone's not growing up with their dad, especially the majority of black men, and that we understand that is the crux of the problem. But if we continue at this rate of not marrying and not uh, uh, living together under the same roof and raising these kids, children together, we're going to have another generation that's going to have to do another trial and error. So we're trying to get to that point of how you grow up in that structured household. But we're far removed from that generation, and we need to get back to that generation as we're working towards and talking about. Absolutely. Thank you. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. All I ask is that you think. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways. Every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Hey, dogs. I mean, it's crazy how it's been like a year since Big Brother died. Yeah, I know. I mean, like another black man killed by the police, unarmed. Can't believe they did him like that. I never got the chance to make it right with him. That goes into what he always used to say, right? He used to always be like, appreciate the people that's around you while they're around because you never know. They may not be there, man. Yeah. Hey, what was that handshake he taught us? I'm trying to remember. I think it was. Yeah, man. Yeah. Right now, cut by the name of Flowers by Taylor Pace, Square Business Entertainment, one of our longtime sponsors. I always appreciate them providing music 
for the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. This morning, special edition discussion, Black Women, What Do Black Men Think? Our special guest, Amikos Chambers, as well as Torrance Mack. we got callers that want to get in. The number to get in, if you're online, is 646-787-1691. I wanted to kind of go back to something in the first first hour, if you will, and it's just a, a thought that I saw on social media, and I just wanted to get both of your thoughts on it. And again, it's just a concept of how men think. And so I saw this cut uh, from one of our former guests, Quasi Black, um, Quasi Black, I'm sorry, uh, who said, the reason why males put their hands on females is because we, from the 90s, 80s, and prior, made pimping cool, take accountability. I'm going to repeat it one more time. The reason why males put their hands on females is because we from the 90s, 80s, and prior, pimping cool, take accountability. Um, Torres, I'll start with you. When you hear um, that comment about taking accountability, realizing historically uh, within the culture there's been an aspect of pimping being cool. Um, don't want to highlight or say that all black men do this, but it is a reality that we are all are faced with uh, as we're delving between maybe what we're taught at home and what we if you have any contact with the streets, uh, you know, we, we highlight it and sometimes in movies and music. And this brother was saying, hey, uh, if we're seeing people do that now, let's own the fact that that's been going on for a long time is what I take from that post. Um, your thoughts, King? I have to uh, take that one step further and say that yeah, we didn't just make it cool, but many of us were being weird to that, we were being brought up to be that, whether uh, uh, it was subconsciously, uh, I would say as a whole, but when you're telling a, a young boy that, you know, he, he's, uh, you know he's, he's, he looks nice, and he's, uh, all the women are going to like him, you, you want to get so many girls, and, you know, uh, you're going to be a heartbreaker, uh, all of those things that you tell a, a, a little boy instead of telling them things like, you know, um, I, I, you know, that, hey, you, you can't have more than one girlfriend. I was told that by my, my, my uh, father when I was growing up. I was really, really young when he was telling me this. But he's, you know, giving me the rules, you know, and he says, hey, you can't have more than one girlfriend. I said, why, why not? I, I, I like them both. He said, well, that's not, that's not right. You're going to hurt this, this girl over here. You're going to hurt her feelings, you know, and, that's that's the thing that kept me from you know going that that way, but you know many of us are were weird to think that pimping, having multiple women, having women after you and things of that nature, that's the way to be. Not just being cool, but that was the way to be. That's how you uh, you can stake your, stake your success. Do you have uh, uh, many women? Do you have them? you know, fawning over you? Are you able to just, you know, dog them out as you, as you please? You know, that, that's how we were, you know, reared. To no, absolutely. No, absolutely. I mentioned that in that cut um, in the last hour where it just said it's time to teach you know, and assist the next generation that the man with the most notches is not the winner. Um, you know, it's the man that can, mm-hmm. you know, find, find a woman, find a wife, raise children, legacy. Those are the things that um, basically without, you know, you fortunate enough to have your father raise you in that manner, you basically repeated the process. And to, to, to Coach D'Amico's point, to a degree, the idea that a lot of us are having to figure it out without that example, so we get 
led, as you said, coach to be and misguided on what manhood looks like. Um, coach to be, because your thoughts before we go to a caller again, um, the brother Quasi, he was even going as far as, you know, males putting their hands on females. I can say from my personal experience, never went that, full, that far with it, but I definitely – um, like the idea of being a player, and I now look back on it, and as part of this hip-hop generation at my age now at 47, uh, you know, I'm one of the loudest to say, hey, we we got this thing wrong. We got to try to flip it on his head because the idea of getting the notches and being a player, which is what I, I aspire to be learning from my teenage friends in a sense you know, being that representative, that's what I got from them. Hey, I'm learning from another boy. That's not manhood at all. Manhood is more in a sense, what um, Torrance got from his father. And, again, I know you encourage marriage, I think, for the very same reasons. Uh, but, again, your thoughts on that post. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I, as I said before in one of our previous calls, we, we are in pimpo culture right now. That was, I would say pimpo culture uh, commercialized uh, at its, at its uh, highest level um, in, in American history. Because it's always been around slack exploitation films, etc. This is the mm-hmm. most. This is probably the most. Uh, the highest crux is being at, and the most pivotal point because we have complete. At least when we had exploitation films, we still had somewhat stable black homes, generally across the board. But mm-hmm. now, you know, with this disablement, they're literally pimp, pimping and hoeing uh, on both ends are leading the men, the young men, and the and and the, well, I would not even say young, impressionable men and impressionable women on how to interact with each other. And it's doing nothing but creating more toxicity in the results. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely something not to idolize. As you get older as a man, especially as a man, and you start to gain success, you start to see that sleeping around with having multiple encounters with bad women, it all ends the same. And, you, and it gets very mundane and boring. And you start to even envy men who have retained relationships with one woman, you know, being a wife or a long-time girlfriend, whomever. But uh, you start to really appreciate and cherish those types of relationships more because they have history together. They have, uh, they know each other. They're, they're, they they have moments with each other that they, they are able to share, and they know they can appreciate what each other brings to the table. So it's so, it's so many joys and sports that comes with committing to a woman or being with one woman versus trying to slaughter them all. You're, ne- you're never going to fulfill your palate. Each one is going to drive a different headache. And on top of that, you're going to always, it really operates out of the self, a place of lack of, a high level of lack of, of security within yourself as a man of not feeling good enough. Because you're trying to find your greatness through between the legs of multiple women. And you'll never find it. You're going to always feel like, and you're going to exhibit such behavior. So that's, that's my uh, overall thoughts on it. No, I appreciate you. Uh, let's go to the... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, go ahead um, people treat dogs, their dogs, better than they treat themselves. You had a purebred Rottweiler. Did you breed it with just some dog off the street? Why no. would you do that? Facts. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. Facts. Uh, strong thought. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, let's go to Kevin out of South Carolina. Go ahead, King. What you got for us this morning? How y'all doing, brothers? How you doing? Uh, you just kind of <laughs> y'all was hitting it on the on the on the, on the money there. Um, 
he, he, I was going to bring up about the exploitation films. Uh, this is something that started way even before then, even when they had us on the sex farms, you know, when they were breeding us, you know, they would put us into the cage with our women and whatnot. See, there's a missing element there, too. We have a whole industry, billions of dollar industry that is was put in place just to destroy our, our, our families and our community and et cetera. The politics which tore the father out of the homes, uh, the politics that, 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 that's out there that, that pins women against men, especially black. They're not going to show no positive black families on TV or any other genre, but they're showing all these alternative, so-called alternative lifestyles. All of this is a part of the destruction of us. We tend to put the blame back on us, but it's really – if you don't attack those entities that are, are, are blatantly trying to destroy you, like what's this, the thing that was on last night, Love Island? They just got them kids on there just wilding out and just making out in front of everybody, making out all at the same time. It is an entity that's evil that's out there destroying our minds of our people. They've been there doing it. The hip-hop, it ain't those kids in the hip-hop. It's those fellows who promote that, the ones who, the, the, the record promoters and, and all that, the record industry that put that out there. They had positive rap out there, but they just, they didn't want that. They told them kids, no, this is what you're going to do. This is gangster rap, like you say, uh, pimp hole, all that. They did that to us. The majority of us do not participate in none of that mess. But when you see the TV, that's what portrayed that. That's the mainstream. This is what we all do. There are more people doing good than they are bad. But unfortunately they give, the microphone they give, the, 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 I'm talking about the Kardashians. I mean, you name it, TMZ. That's one of the top destructive uh, shows on TV right now as we speak. They go around trying to defame and dismantle the family as we know it. Now, until we start attacking those entities that put money behind destroying us, we ain't going to never win this. You understand? But thank you, brother. No, thank you for your three cents this morning, Kevin. Thanks for uh, um, calling in. We definitely appreciate your three cents this morning. We actually are up against the break. Uh, six four seven last three zero five zero. We'll get to you coming out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We have another cut from Square Business Entertainment. Ter- Ter- Taylor's Paces, one last time, featuring Joe Bleeds. We'll be right back. All I ask is that you think.
one night I want one more wish. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's special edition, Black Women, What Do Black Men Think? Our special guest, Tobiko's Chambers, as well as Torrance Mack. Uh, we got a caller that wants to get in on this morning's discussion. I'll go ahead and get them in here. 646-3050. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, the name is Patrick, and... Uh... I just wanted to say that this topic was supposed to be about what we think about black women, but it's evolved into what black men think about black men. But that's cool. That's good. No, that's not. That's um, not. You got to, no, 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 no. Let me be clear. No, that's not the topic. It was the topic is just simply what do black men think? I just mentioned to. It's just it was just a promotion of black uh, women. Okay. So just to get clear, we didn't, yeah, we did, yeah, we're definitely on topic today. Sometimes we do move off topic, and quite often, you know, you, Patrick, you call in and you say, hey, we're moving away from the topic, but I want to be clear we haven't moved away from the topic this morning. Okay. All right, cool. So um, I think the young people are, are are more aware. I think the young men are becoming a lot more aware of uh, of who they procreate with. Um, I think they're becoming a lot more aware of who they they marry and pair bond with. I think a lot of the young men are talking about staving off any of that stuff. Matter of fact, there's a movement online, or has been for a few years, that brought to my attention, where young men are abstaining from sex and seeing how long that they can do so. Um, there, there's, I think there's a lot more awareness, so I will give young men credit, a lot of the younger people credit. Um, because I think in some areas they're a lot more aware of what what's happening than probably we were when we were younger. Now, I do agree that there were a lot of things in the past, like family, that we need to go back to, but I think before we go back to them, we have to figure out what were the mistakes that were made. Because if we go directly back to what we did then, then we're going to end up right back here, logically, right? <laughs> So let me ask let me ask you real quick um, versus generalizing yeah. there. Uh, just a real quick question, maybe maybe an example or two. Uh, is if you say if we go right back to it. So in your eyes, what? Because I'm definitely one who pushes, for example, healthy black marriage before before children. I um, mean, you've heard Coach Demikos. I'm let's jump in. I just want to. I'm just kind of kind of trying to nuance with you. Um, Coach Demikos, how like he pushes for marriage, and so I, I hear you say. To go right back to it, um, what do you what do you think that we're gonna go right back to that overlooks the mistakes? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, can you dig into what that looks like when you say that? Well, no, I just wanted to highlight that. Yes, marriage and family is is the ultimate, right? That's the most, that's the strongest mm-hmm. institution mm-hmm. in the world. Is a mm-hmm. family, a strong family, it's the strongest institution in the world. Beats out any corporation or any because it has possibilities for the future and it projects out into the future, right? In a, in a certain way that a corporation or other things cannot do. Right. So it is the most powerful thing. My thing is that, yes, we had that, and then it's gone. So obviously there were mistakes made while we were under attack that we couldn't thwart, right? Like we, we couldn't thwart the attacks if there were attacks from outside and there were 
and things that were done. So, mm-hmm. yes, we can go but, back to family. Now, but sense, let me ask you a question. So what, would, what would be yeah. one of the mistakes in, in when I hear you? I'm, I'm just trying to – really, I'm really digging in because I think this is very good where we're going. So what example would you think might be one of those mistakes in your opinion? Um, I think one of the mistakes, just like when we talk about Tulsa and things like that, one of the mistakes is not having families and having communities, but not being able to secure them. Security, knowing that they're going to be under attack and thwarting those attacks and being ready and almost waiting for those attacks and then just thwarting them, having a plan to thwart them and, and, and dispel them. So what about let's, let's let's reduce it down to the individual family. I, I hear the the security of the community, if you will. But give me an example of a mistake that that because because what I think I hear you saying is family. Is, okay, so so what's the so what what mistake was made previously in reference so, to education that has hurt the family structure? Just want to understand your perspective. Um, the introduction of new ideas that challenge the whole notion of a strong black family. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to get too far in, but there, there, were, and there, and there were a lot. Matter of fact, there's let's go in. That's what we do on the show. That's what we do. We do nuance well. Let's go in. There's a woman from Cosmopolitan magazine who used to work at Cosmopolitan back in the day, who's now coming out and apologizing to women because she said she was part of the plot to sell women on the idea of free sex. You don't need a man. You can stave off family, all to get them into spending money into the economy and for their advertising. She's coming out now and apologizing for duping women, being part of the, the editors that were duping women into this whole belief, and a lot of them black women, that this was the way to go. And so just the introduction of those, of, mm-hmm. of these ideas, like even through education, our kids, introduction of new ideas, that will take them on a different road. Um, the introduction of certain um, entertainment, um, that that kind of thing. So we have yeah. to figure out how to how, how to do that, how to kind of dispel not not eliminate all of it, but just kind of dispel some of it so it doesn't destroy the family. Now I like it. Uh, let me say this to you, and I would definitely want to hear uh, close to because the Torrance thoughts about what you're having to say, Patrick. Um, I will say. Um, even with the attacks that, you know, our previous caller, Calvin, talked about, and I definitely agree that, you know, what you're talking about is being aware of what, what were the things that broke it up from the standpoint of, you know, even after enslavement, a lot of times people will go all the way back to the enslavement period and say, hey, that's when they started breaking my families. You know, however, of the reality of our ancestors coming out of enslavement, they actually got married um, pretty uh, at a very high rate. Uh, um, if you will, and whatever. So I point that out to say that that even with all of the attacks that we're talking about, one thing that we do see, if you go look at the numbers like I like to, the, the, the married families, in a sense, best stabilize still to fight off those attacks. But I do agree with you in order to, 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 in a sense, redirect and have and get more people within families, we have to be aware of the things you're talking about, um, Patrick. I'm just highlighting the fact that married families stave off some of those attacks much better than we do in the current situation that we're in. Um, Coach D'Amico, your thoughts on what Patrick had to say? Yeah, I get what Pat's saying. I mean, overall, 
you know, we're not saying blindly take on the traditions uh, of the past or the or the uh, roles of the past. We get it. There has to be some new age nuance that comes with awareness of today. I get that, and I get the young men. You know, it's kind of a it's kind of a comp. It's kind of a weird place that we're in, with, especially with the young folk, the young men, because while a lot of them are starting to abstain from sex. There, we, you know, we have to always look at the cons of our actions, the cons of things that are going on. And the cons side of young, younger men abstaining from sex, yes, they're not creating the, the off the out of wet life babies, etc. But they're also that also means that they're not approaching women. So that means that we also have a younger generation of men who aren't mentally strong enough to deal with rejection. So what's going to happen when these young men run into real life rejection they're going to snap because they, they're going to fold they're going to fold and it's going to either be destructive to themselves or destructive to someone else because they don't always i said this uh in a post this this week we, though we are more mentally aware than our predecessors we are nowhere nearly as mentally strong as they are and so we have to so keep that in mind dealing with talking to the young yeah things have gotten better no, awareness is is good but there are consequences to being overly aware. In in, in psychology and in, uh, um, in in science, they call it a paralysis by analysis, and um, that's just one of the things we have to be conscious of as elders of black men, the leaders of black men, to not encourage our boys to completely abstain from the reality of dealing with women um, because uh, they're so afraid of of uh, repeating mistakes of the past. So that's, that's I all I've said. Uh, Taurus, your thoughts? I'm, I'm, Patrick, I'm pretty sure that's not all you were saying, but I just want to get these dialogues out, and I got another caller as well. So, uh, Patrick, I'll give you one last thought before I let you go, though. But Taurus, your thoughts on what you heard? Yes, with the, with, in regards to the caller, I, I think that we can we can do it all. We have to do it all. Um, we uh, have to go ahead and get married. We also have to look at the cons and what happened, what, what took place to uh, uh, break down the the uh, foundation of marriage. But we also have to look at what helped, uh, what, what things we got right back then. You know, um, I remember growing up, most, uh, you know, I did not live in a, in a great uh, uh, neighborhood, but the majority of the people over there were all married. If they weren't married, at least they had a male in the house with them. Uh, every single one of my friends, you know, uh, uh, everyone that I called a friend, you know, uh, they they had a male in the house with them. Um, so we we have to uh, look at look at both the pros and the cons. I mean, we can learn a lot from from the past. There's some things that we we lose. Uh, we you know, as time goes on, um, we, we we lose uh, information. Um, so we have to reach back and we have to. You know, shore that that stuff up and and uh, make make uh, these uh, marriages stronger and understand that there's pros and cons and cause and effect to everything that you do. You can abstain and wait till you get, uh, you know, a certain age or or more secure in your job, and then you're going to have a child that's late. I mean, a child later on in life, and then who knows if you're going to be there with them that long when you know uh, as they get older. Or you can have a child when you're not quite ready uh, and have them too young, you know. 
But uh, I, I think that you, you, we have to go ahead and get married, get married now, you know, uh, not not tomorrow, not, you know, and, and, and you know, when, when I, I get, the, get my money right, because your money is never going to be right. It's never going to happen. You got you got to go ahead and you got to do that. You have to find that person, and you you got to go ahead and lock it down. Yeah, I know. Just hearing you say that, Torrance, it reminds me of we did a, uh, a show about uh, if marriage is w- worth it, and we were fortunate to have on Dwayne Drone and Isabel Drone. They they um, they were dialoguing. We were like, "What will you be reaching out and teaching your children?" And um, they were kind of talking about the pros and cons, you know, having thought about it, because that was a show, obviously. And my co-host at the time, the major vet, she ended up asking, she says, well, because they, they had this idea that they might have gotten married too early. That was something that they were saying on the show. And Lene ended up asking them, she says, well, would you be who you are now had you stayed apart? And they both kind of came to the realization that they were their best selves, having done it to let, together, having learned through that. So definitely a, a strong thought there. Uh, Pastor, we've got 40 seconds before we go to break. If you want to get a quick thought in, um, get it to us before we go to break. Just a quick thought. Uh, the one gentleman was saying, you know, about, you know, the young men who are abstaining. These are men that are abstaining. They have to fight to abstain. They're turning downwards. They, they, they fall off the wagon sometimes, but they, they jump back on, and they're chronicling their thoughts and their psychology as they go through them. And one of the main things I picked up was they feel after a while, they feel more powerful. They feel more in control of their lives. It's pretty interesting. Um, And, uh, you know, as far as marriage, there are some people that shouldn't get married. Um, There's some people that should. And, uh, you know, I think everybody has to make that that decision for themselves. Um, So, yeah, that's all I have. I appreciate that thought, and absolutely nothing applies to all for the existence of human existence. We're only we're in a new age where children are not coming from the, uh, 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 in a sense, a nuclear family. Um, that's a very new age for human existence. So again, not that everybody has to be married. I do agree with that, uh, but in general, if we're looking to improve the situation within our communities then the pillar of a strong community, a strong families, and the cornerstone of a strong family is marriage. I like to highlight that, obviously, as someone that advocates healthy marriage before children. We'll be right back. But well, all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you missed the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of Intelligent Radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes. And I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit. And what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. 
If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk, talk. They still go with me. Because I look like money. Smell like money. Talk like money. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. If you have a product, service, or that you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please contact me again directly at 404-604-9477. We're glad to have you um, promote your business or service on our site. If you are an individual and you like what I call the return of intelligent radio, you too can become a supporter or a member at mentaldialogue.com. Make sure you are sharing uh, these shows, these shows, you can hear the replays right here on Blog Talk or follow up on the Mental Dialogue IG page, which is mental underscore dialogue. Go to the bio and listen to the shows again, sharing with your friends. Definitely want to spread the word on this intelligent radio, if you will. Um, before we get back to this morning's discussion, I wanted to bring on a special guest here briefly. Um, um, Tasha, um, Tasha Montavo, am I saying your name correctly? Are you there, Queen? Hi, I'm Tasha Montavo. Hey, thank you, Queen. Um, glad to have you come on this morning. Just wanted to, you know, highlight for unfortunately some of your unfortunate circumstances that you've experienced here in the Atlanta area. I wanted to bring um, your story to to our audience, if you will, Queen. So if you could just kind of um, explain to people what you've been through and, and this opportunity for our community, uh, in a sense, to reach out and help someone in need, if you will. But go ahead, Queen. Thank you for being on with us this morning. Thank you so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to share my story. Um, this past Wednesday, I was awoken to, I mean, it sounded like SWAT was beating on my door, and thank God it was actually a good Samaritan who passed by and saw our building burning down. And so um, I rushed and got my kids out the house. Unfortunately, I was getting dressed, so I ran back to put clothes on. By the time I got to the bottom steps of my house, thank God my kids had made it to the street. The whole top roof had collapsed on us. So there was me and two other women, and we had to run through the fire to get out of the building. Everyone in our in our entire building lost everything. We um we all have kids. I have two boys myself, ten and fourteen. We lost. I've already school shopped and everything, and everything just burned to the ground. I honestly didn't even have the own my own clothes on my back. Our neighbors gave us shoes and shirts and everything. So it's been quite a devastating process. I've been overwhelmed with the love and support from my community as well, as well as I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to get our story out there. Now, thank you so much. I wanted to highlight um, April Vaughn, if you will. She's one of our queens of intellect. You may have heard her from time to time as one of our co-hosts. So when she shared with me that she knew you personally and if there was anything that we could do, um, I definitely wanted to, you know, put it out there and share with the community for those who who may have the means to assist um, this very unfortunate situation. And, you know, as from what I understand, school starts. Um, I'm an after-school instructor, so I know we start on Monday. And as you just mentioned, the idea of, you know, your school shopping, which is so important to kids, and now all of that's gone, every bit, every bit of every bit of it. And so I definitely wanted to just 
um, bring you on to share your story and let people know how they can support you for what I understand there's a GoFundMe. So if you could kind of share that information, um, April already gave me the link. So for all the listeners out there, I just spoke about replay. So anywhere that you see the replay of this show, I will have the link easily available in reference to the GoFundMe. But if you could just kind of speak to that and what your needs are, and even if it's beyond GoFundMe, what your needs might be, if you could just speak to that, Queen. Um, again, so unfortunate to hear about your story, but um, thank you for being willing to come on this morning. Absolutely. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, we honestly, all of us have nothing. The whole building is unsalvageable. So we have nothing. Um, we're starting over. I mean, shoes, housing stuff, furniture, even the idea that, wow, I have to buy towels. You know, just we have nothing. Um, a lot of people, I my boys attend the Next Level Boys Academy, and so a lot of people are donating clothes and stuff to them. There are girls in the building. If there's anybody who has girl clothes for teenage girls, like junior sevens, nines, they really need girls' clothes because they haven't been as fortunate to get a lot of donations. Um, I do have the GoFundMe as well as I have Cash App, which is uh, dollar sign Tasha858. Um, anything would help. I appreciate whether it's $5, a dollar, anything helps. Um, our our building are very close, so we're all working together. And anything over poured to me, I definitely will share with the other residents. No, I thank you for that. Say that. I know Cash App is pretty simple for a lot of people, so say that number real quick so people can catch that on the air. And, again, for all of you that follow the page, I will be putting it up on the Mental Dialogue Facebook page. And, as a matter of fact, I'll put the link up in my IG um, as well. So if you will, share that Cash App. Thank you for being on, Queen. Sure. It's dollar sign Tasha, T-A-S-H-A, 858. Uh, thank you for that, Queen. Um, yeah, for anybody out there, listeners, if you feel compelled to assist, um, again, these families that have lost everything. Um, so when I heard the story and just want to play my part to share the word, I will be donating to her as well. Um, but um, definitely, again, kind of a you know, change of conversation, but it is needed anytime that we can help our community. So to close out this morning's special edition, Open Call Black Women, what do black men think? I wanted to get our final to a degree from um, our special guest, Tamiko's Chambers, as well as Torrance Mack. Uh, one thought that I wanted to throw out that I definitely wanted to get to, won't get to go as deep as I want it to, but here's a here's a thought that I would want to kind of hear y'all opinion, and then you can kind of give your final thought. So uh, when this idea of what do black men think, one concept that I think, in my opinion, that is 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 a difference in how the genders deal with with something because obviously we're we've been raised in this area of this era of equality if you will and there's one thing that I think often gets missed in my opinion and that is um, how how humans by nature while we all need and appreciate respect I think one difference between the gen the gen, genders if you will is Tell me if y'all agree or disagree with this, but I think to a degree uh, our, our women, our sisters are not aware of of how men, if you will, will kill or die for respect. While, while we all need respect, but the concept of killing and dying for respect is, is one in which um, I think plays out in the gender divide and the dialogues because and let me make give some context here. When I used to be an Uber driver, for example, I remember I would pick up young ladies and sometimes I would hear their situations or their dialogue. And a lot of times I would hear things and I was like, why would you talk like that to your boyfriend or like that 
to your husband. I wouldn't jump in and say that, but I'm thinking it to myself because my man, D'Amico, this is my man, this is my partner, and while we can be very honest with each other, there's a certain aspect of respect that I would never cross with him, and if I did cross that, I would expect D'Amico to punch me in the mouth. I think that lack of understanding is one thing that goes missing with this idea of how we will die and kill for respect. That's one thing that I think is misunderstood. Um, D'Amico, your thoughts on what I just said? I, I won't go as deep as I wanted to because we're up against the, uh, we're at the end here. But just it's got to be a quick thought and then a final thought on today's discussion so that we can get to Torrance as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the term, I'll die for my respect. Is just that's just how men are. That's just inverted in men. Um, men are more prone to violence just by nature. And um, one of the outlets we attach that to is our respect. We pour we pour our value in who we are by how we're respected among our peers. Um, so um, yeah, that's that's really that. And, and you said uh, you said the, the crux of every, all of it. So um, I just want black women to know that you know. Look beyond social media when it when you start totallying up the interactions of the of the quality of relationships between black men and black women on a daily basis offline. We're fixing your cars, we're cutting your grass, we're building your decks. We, we, black men and black women overall have positive, ex, very healthy experiences outside of social media. Social media is where the disgruntled are kings and queens. Um, so they're always going to voice disgruntlement. Um, uh, so, you know, that that's what I'm going to leave everyone with. Uh, you can find me on, uh, like I said, Insta- uh, Instagram at Fearless Black Man and check out our podcast on YouTube, uh, Cigars, Black Men and Cigars <laughs> um, podcast on YouTube. Uh, but, yeah, that's it. And I appreciate it, Montoya, as all. No, thank you for that. You know, thank you. And I, and I want to highlight when he says overwhelming good experiences, don't reduce it to just your personal boyfriend, girlfriend situation. I mean, boyfriend situation as well, because at the end of the day, um, if you've if you've ever had an issue with a black man and turned to another group of black men who handled that, you, you, you of course, your trauma will remind you of the bad experience, but you forget about the 911 call where the black policeman showed up as well, or or, or, or or the brothers that did jump in and take care of it. Those those are the good experience, even though that was a bad experience. So I, I, I appreciate how he highlights that. Um, Torrance, um, we have a couple of minutes, so if you will, King, um, uh, maybe you know a thought about what I final thought, and if you um, if there's anything that you want to get out publicly, please do it at this time as well. Oh, sure. Um, well, when it comes to uh, respect and, and, you know, uh, I think we, we just need to remember to uh, treat each other uh, how you want to be treated, just basic. Um, uh, everybody understands that golden rule that, you know, um, you, that's how you should treat one another. And uh, we, we also have to, you know, uh, go out, Search for that uh, person that's gonna, you know, love you like how how you love yourself. And um, you know, if you if you really truly love yourself, you won't talk to people, you know, in an in a ill, horrible manner because you respect yourself and you don't want to, you know, put that out there for yourself. Um, also, I would like to say thank you for including me and uh, bringing uh, allowing me the chance to be on on this program and. Um, um, I'm on uh, 
Instagram at, you know, the great key Mac. And, um, I'm also uh, on Facebook at Torrance Mac. And, um, you know, if you holler at me, I, I, I talk back, you know, now, I love it. Now, I appreciate both of you. Uh, great discussion this morning. Sorry for Kevin. I couldn't get you back in. We only got about a minute before we go. Uh, for the other callers out there on the line, if you're not familiar with our thing, I want to make sure I hope you're hearing this. If you want to speak on this show every Saturday, we're live. You do have to press one once you call in. So I do want to throw that out. Um, in this last 30 seconds, I'll give a quick last thought uh, as far as what you black men think. Uh, at the end of the day, um, the good brothers, and the brothers that you, in a sense that you may have con- that you have contention with out there, sisters, um, something that people barely realize is that we literally are all in water in real life. There's this aspect of do black men keep them keep each other accountable? We absolutely do. But for those who don't like who who don't want accountability, they avoid the good brothers at all costs, and we're never in the same circles. It sounds like an excuse, but it's a reality too. When good men are saying, hey, we will protect you, or why, where are these men who act this way because we don't interact with them? Think about when you're considering what circle you're in. If you're running in a bu- into a circle where there's a bunch of men who have no, no disregard for you, do your best to change your circle because I don't know men who act that way because, again, they wouldn't uh, allow themselves to be in our circle because they don't want the accountability. I wanted to throw that out. Thank y'all. See y'all next Saturday. I'm Dan Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. See y'all. All I ask is that you think.